Hello, hello, hello. Welcome back to Blacker Couch Reviews. I'm your host, Christina. We're back to discuss the second episode of Bodies. Do you know who I am? Written by Paul Tomlin, directed by Marco Crudes Painter. I thought this was a really good episode. I am so all in already. I am going to need to find out the filmography of the actress that plays Maplewood because I've seen her in something else and it's not coming to me. And for once, I'm not going to stop and Google and find the response. I'm just going to put that in a, a box for saved later. Before we jump into the recap and review of this episode, I do apologize for the lateness of the podcast. I unexpectedly had some visitors from my nieces and then they spent the night for two nights, (laughs) but I don't get to see them as often. So I will take cuddle time versus television time every time before we jump into the review wherever you're lost before we jump into the review wherever you're listening to podcasts wherever good podcasts can be found stitcher apple podcast spotify go down to the rating section drop some stars leave a review my social media will be below you know what to do if you want to send feedback blackercouch at gmail.com So we're going to go storyline by storyline because I think that is the best way to stay on track. And instead of Hassan, we're going to start with Whiteman's. I keep wanting to call him Weissman or White Man, but it's Whiteman and not Whitman because there's an E in there. His storyline was about covering his tracks after Farrell's death. So he very quickly picks a suspect, which is a uh, a rapist and someone who also gets his hands on expensive cigars, even though it's wartime. So his criminal activities have continued despite being not only a rapist, but a child rapist. So, you know, when he shot him in the head, I love that he got him to catch the I love that he got him to catch the the knob I'm not even sure what it was called because he was like what is this well you should know what it is because he got his fingerprints all over it before he replaced it on the vehicle that was found so that his prints are found to implicate him and not only the murder of Farrell but the body that was located in the trunk case closed. They go to the bar to celebrate. They're all singing in memoriam to him and he can't even be bothered to sing along. Well, come on, girl, I tell you the law. Do your job. Do your fucking job. This episode did a lot to show, particularly with Whiteman and Hillinghead how our initial reaction 
to them is not indication of their complete characterization that they do have a morality with them and as far as he concerned we're talking about justice real justice is what i just delivered this motherfucker who should have gotten out of jail never and he was back on the street and not only back on the street prospering yes they deserve to die and i hope they burn in hell but this is where i think that whiteman is kind of maybe being a little too cocky because he gets a call from the mysterious woman on the phone who says is it is it done and while he's alone in the station you don't know who could be around the corner for you to be talking so damn loud it seems like sound carries and then secondly you didn't try to continue to act like you cared about this motherfucker granted last episode i was saying it was disingenuous of him to act like he cared about him but the idea of them being him being one of their own that superseded that feeling but now he's just like yeah fuck that dude and then his boss who i stated and i'm glad is not an idiot knows that something isn't quite right and drops the bomb that i know that he said he was gonna follow you and what was his response he said he you were always low and he's like well now he's the one he did me so here you are kind of feeling yourself thinking you got one over on your enemy you covered all of your bases so when your boss confronts you with the fact that maybe you were on the take and your response is well he was racist and you didn't seem to care that much about that Uh, that's when he once again has egg on his face when he's called in to a child at the station the girl that he saw who can identify him he gets a call from the mysterious woman and she asks one very important question can she identify you and he has to say yes because she's staring in his eyeballs right now oh dear we are in trouble she immediately hung up the phone so what's gonna be the reaction from her because clearly she does not want any loose baggage and is she willing to let white men take the fall if he becomes collateral damage is the girl gonna immediately tell her boss that hey the guy i saw is right down there and everything that he built up falls apart and not only that he's murdered someone else even though that guy doesn't count i think i said this last episode but each character seems to be going through some type of persecution whether it be racial or sexual divides that are happening right now in 2023 and that premise i think is going to somehow lead into this dystopian future that we see a little bit later where humanity is trying to 
embrace each other after tragedy but we'll talk about that future in just a bit since we ended with that episode uh ended with that timeline i should say last time we will save it second to last let's go to healing head story in front of his boss he admits that there's nothing left to the case it's closed the the mortician because i don't know what his official title is right now he's like yeah let's go give a bottle a black eye or something and give alcohol a black eye which is a statement i've never heard before but he brushes right past him because he's not happy that he is burying the lead in a case in a murder case he's told to burn the photo and when he gets home greeted by his wife and daughter it looks like he does just that i'm sorry polly but if i had to hear that plane all day i would it would drive me mad he's then visited at his home by ash who says that he's a friend that's coming to pick up evidence which was kind of a lie but he did bring himself to his home like he didn't arrest him and there's a strong sexual attraction so much so that i'm pretty sure even the wife people was going on She was so happy to have a guest all flirty with him until he came in the room like this person should not be in our home. He's a journalist and because it's Victorian age, they don't raise their voices to their wives. They just shout at the man in the other room like their wife and child can't hear what's going on and that they are indeed angry. I felt bad for her at that moment. Like, damn. I would have liked it better if you did yell at me. And the daughter's looking like, what's going on? Oh, and you know, kind of reminded me of that Bill Burr bit. And he's talking about his dad and how he'll just go out <laughs> and she'll lock the door behind him. Like, geez, he's just crazy, man. Just crazy, man. Like, don't worry about it. He, Ash wants his photo back, but he tells him it's burned. He's like, look, you arrested me. I asked you to be discreet about who I was with. They they ransacked my studio. And I still want justice. But he tells them he burned it. So he's like, well, there's nothing else for us to discuss, meaning we can't see each other anymore. And I think that's why he called him the next day. Well, actually, he went out and he saw that he published in the Star the idea that the police have covered up the investigation and he's amused by the fact that ash isn't afraid to fight back he's not himself who is very very um by the line by the establishment so to speak and i think that's something that may be a theme and he's taking his own choices or making his own choices about what he believes to be right. So they meet uh, across a lovely bridge that I want to find. He's like, I didn't think you were a duck person. And he tells them this uh, ruffled some feathers at my department. 
are you in it just because you want to trash the police? Are you in it because you believe that several people have been murdered on this street and no one's taking any action? And that lead he had was something he could have followed up on. And Ash rightfully points out, why would I trust you again? Because you have burnt this trust bridge twice. And he shows him and gives him the photo points out that he has a cane something he probably didn't notice until he was standing next to the love of his life and then said he must have a limp that should be enough to get you started at least and the two shake hands did we just become best friends yep you want to go do karate in the garage yep so they are gonna continue to investigate together which is great because i was hoping for more of this developing friendship that is more than friendship. United Britain. I suppose we're just going to take the kingdom out of it because <laughs> I feel like we could have came up with a new a new name for the place that once was. But sure, it's not just a name, though. It's the idea under this power group called the executive which i believe is the new face of the government and it seems as if they control britain and london but only certain parts and probably the parts that were and are still uh being put together after what seems to be a nuclear event or a power bomb or i don't know something happened it sounded like it was a bomb so i'm gonna guess it's a nuclear bomb that happened in 2023 because there's a lot of people talking about how they they couldn't see for a couple of days and their eyesight came back i think that's a response to a nuclear bomb and the whole know you are loved mantra is a part of this united britain's new world order and the commander is a name that pops up in the year 2023 elias mannix who very much is capable of making bombs we find out know you are loved is is the way he feels people should relate to each other and after this bombing he has brought people closer which that tends to happen right it's like what what couldn't happen to possibly change things right now tragedy tragedy so implicit that it affects every single last person that would have issues between them because that circum or that uh trumps any bitter rivalries it, that's how it's always is um so <laughs> while one doesn't want that to happen that's what mankind says is how we how we move forward how we're progressive and while it, it may not be because i think there were points in time where it wasn't where there were a lot of 
positive, less warlike things in society. But those are times that also were matriarchs, <laughs> matriarch societies, uh, where you find that lower level of violence to facilitate nationalism. But I digress. Maplewood wants to know about her investigation because when she goes into work, her commander's like, the only thing we have to worry about is, because that's how low the crime is in the in the city, is old people, which they call the millennials, fuck you, um, are being swindled by cyber hackers. And she's like, well, I had an interesting thing happen with murder and bloodshed and i'd like to get back into that if you will can i talk to you for a minute on the side i don't remember asking you a goddamn thing i like this room that they were shooting in it feels like a real location in london i might have to look for that next time i go but before she even got up the steps, she was apologizing i'm sorry for overstepping again but you know it was my catch on my patch thought she was gonna start busted out in rhymes she's told that things are above both of our pay grade and maybe you should get back to the job in which i'm telling you to do she then goes because there's blood on her shirt she goes home and we meet her her neighbor lorna who invites herself into her apartment by tossing her cat in oh hell no she slept through the the moment of silence and she cried through the remembrance we see manix but there's another guy that's talking in front of him that's doing all of the the campaign slogan that's not a word but you know where i'm going here but because she had blood on her, she's able to, uh, and shut down, she's able to take that to her estranged brother who lives in a zone where they aren't getting the technology. They don't have cars that drive themselves and you could just tell them a destination and they go there. Uh, they don't have the type of medicine that we find out can because of the radiation poisoning in the air, right? So anyone who's not assimilating to this society, it would seems to not get the benefits and they're holding out for democracy, for freedom. But and upon talking to Mannix, those things are what divide us. And they don't under those people like your brother just don't understand that there's no benefit there. And those things, those ideas that you have. So we're not going to reward that. We're going to let you stay in poverty. You're going to continue to suffer. Which is kind of fucked up because her brother is in a wheelchair. She used to be in a wheelchair because we saw she has that little spinal thing. They have the, the type of... And you can even tell when she was sitting there in the chair for even one minute. That was a nice touch to show how much walking means to her that she she couldn't even sit there for a couple of minutes without that on her back needing to be charged because she got anxious without it 
just thinking about the suffering. And so she chose to to give up that life for the uh, the executive and her brother feels as if this is a cult-like mentality that everyone has to be under the same ideas that you can't ask too many questions and I get his point but I also kind of get Mannix's point because that's always the thing you don't want freedom taken away sure but if in exchange for that you get the things that allows your child to grow up healthy happy you know, mm, depends on how disillusioned you are with the current system of democracy, because democracy, even at its foundation, still has parts of it that are not democratic. And that's just the truth. So after she gets the DNA, she finds out it's Gabriel Defoe because they have their argument about both of their mindsets. She's concerned about the daughter that she is now an aunt to, that she knew nothing about. She thinks what's best for them is to get them better health care, live in a better facility. And he's like, I'm not going to exchange any of that for a more comfortable life. And I think both points are important always to, to examine because it's so, I think, already inducted into us a society that we've been ingrained to only accept one one side of that argument only the democratic side and not thinking about well there may be a benefit to an exchange of it just depends on how important those things are you to be exchanged so she leaves and is immediately told she will not be going home because she has a new destination. That destination is to meet up with the president himself, Elias Mannix. And she is taken into a facility by the most, uh, like, did you see the bodyguards there? They look like they all from the, the, uh, the Rasta military faction i was like big old ma and she's escorted in and he tells her well he wants to know why she decided to come here he knows that she's a what do you call her bulldog no a bloodhound and then once she has a scent she's gonna follow it through he admires that while it was illegal you continued to follow through and it led you to information that's actually rather important to me because Gabriel Defoe the quantum gravity professor he believes is part of a group a terrorist organization called Chapel Perilous that is trying to dismantle the world that he has built so he wants her his bloodhound to get down to the bottom of this and and see what kind of threat is against him by someone he he trusts she says she will be honored and she means that you could tell she was awed when she met the man and she immediately goes to the university with no chill because chill is not in her repertoire and asked to see the foe except the man is not shot 
in his eyeball on life support as she saw him about two hours ago no he comes in with a band-aid talking about how someone almost killed him on his bike she says i'm arresting you for murder like he gave her a gun and said if things get dicey you know what to do with it and things are far from dicey and she got the gun out already (laughs) talking about i'm arresting you or i'm taking you in for suspicion of murder your murder Oh, that's awkward. I need you to chill down. Chill all the way down. I think sleuthing requires less uh, hysteria at the first sight of things aren't as I think they are. Like maybe keep things under wraps. Moving on to Hassan's storyline. They are investigating Elias Mannix as a teenager because right before the right before the body was found they see him meeting up with Saeed who he met in foster care and they both became really close he's the one that gave him the gun which is paralleled in the future with him giving the gun to Maplewood I see y'all I see what y'all doing I'm looking for all the little tiny clues they end up tracking him to his foster parents house which are the Mallory's I believe but when they get there the foster parents don't seem to understand what's going on but even I was thinking that's strange you've never been in your son's room where there was a David Bowie poster that said man fall down or something like that which may be an indication of the the naked man that nobody knows where he fell from or came from and so she lifts the poster and finds photos of herself her family and her son Jawa Jawad that was his name and this freaks her out which is a very natural response bitch i hope the fuck you do you'll be a dead son of a bitch i tell you that we also know he was in that yellow jacket watching her the night of her father's birthday party and so she first she allows her is that her boss because every time the boss speaks first barber and then he's like, okay, well, I'm going to let, I'm going to let you tag in now because you're the real boss. <laughs> and she went interrogating hard. Like, okay, you don't know nothing. You don't know nothing. So why is this up here? Okay. You don't know about this dead body. Okay. How about this, this boy that grew up in foster care with your son and is really close with him. You ain't, you don't know nothing about him. You ain't seen anything. He ain't mentioned him around dinner you love him so much he's such a good boy but you don't know where he is right now you don't know where he is you have no i i'm done talking to y'all right now but they don't have anything to arrest them in until she looks at a well she calls rick to run a license plate because when she's looking at the photos of a camper she realizes that they didn't see a camper in the home when they were there or in the backyard and she also watches a video of elias 
when he was in foster care where he talks about having a recurring dream it sounds like a dream that would traumatize you of himself holding the little boy and he doesn't just kill this little boy he shoots the boy in the head because he had to and he wanted him to know he was loved something that clicks with Hassan uh they decide at that point once the footage is found of the the foster father forgot what his name was driving Elias in the camper a couple of hours after the body was found they end up bringing the parents in to be questioned in separate rooms because Elaine looks like she's gonna break because he kept holding her up saying you're good you're good so she goes to talk to Hassan while Rick and Barbara go to talk to the husband and both pull out their lawyer cards uh Harker I wonder why the lawyers didn't show up but I don't I know the justice system well I think maybe I just have a misunderstood idea of the justice system right it's not like they have a lawyer 15 minutes away they can call it every time that there's a case of course they have time they have to wait for that lawyer to come in and I don't think that that stops them from talking to them and that's what he did he's like your wife's gonna crack just tell us where he is. We're just trying to help him out. There's a dead body. He won't say anything, but it doesn't take Elaine long for her to uh, to crack. Tells them where he is, or at least where the trailer is. And then she continues to crack because Barbara says, well, we're going to go. You're going to stay here and see what else she can tell us. So they end up going out to the trailer and that's when she really starts deteriorating saying, Oh, have they found it? Have they found it by now? I can't do this anymore. And then she says, uh, know that you are loved. She's like, what does that mean? (laughs) Everyone keeps saying this, this, uh, starting to sound like a cult like thing. And I have no idea what that's meant to indicate. And that's also something your son said, because she said you brought in a troubled child. Why would you bring in someone who clearly had that many issues into your home? Which is a very good question. Um, (laughs) Because they they adopted him. So it's not like he didn't have these problems beforehand. So what, he got them to be on his side? That sounds like a, a lot for a kid to be able to do who's already sounding as if he needs to be loved by the way those nightmares keep attacking him. And Hassan is affected by this. She she cries when she sees the tape and I think she really does truly want to help him. But she knows he's also murdered someone. Or at least she believes that he murdered someone. But as she continues to talk... She's like, they should be there. I didn't even believe this. Oh, yeah, that's what she said. I didn't even know if I believed it. But then you walked in and you're going to be so much. It's your time with him now, with Elias. And you're going to be, you're like the biggest influence in his life. And she's, of course, even more confused. So am I. And after she says, oh, they should be there by now. They should be there by now as if she's waiting 
for something to happen. She goes, oh, I think I've talked too much. Yeah, I said too much and bites her tongue off. In the business, you deal with crazies. Hassan puts it together and calls Barber because they turn their guns on the manager. There's no one else there. He goes to the manager's office and that's when Barbara found out that Elaine was the one that rented the campsite space. So she sent them there. Uh, She also brought up her son saying your son's sacrifice won't be in vain or something to that effect, which how do you know my son's name? Well, there was the photos upstairs of your kid stalking him. And I, 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 I think he wasn't doing it by himself. And Rick is left alone in the trailer listening to a record player and she calls him and she stops him in time. And you're thinking, oh, okay, cool. Like, hey, it's a trap. Unfortunately, he needed to turn off that record and the trailer explodes and Rick is R.I.P. Poor Hassan, she watched a teenage boy commit suicide. Her colleague, her, her brown colleague is now dead and she was on the phone. Now she has fear for her son who she's told is going to be sacrificed or sacrifice himself in some way. I don't know, but we're playing with time. And I really want to go to the next episode. So if Nene and Shy do not start sending some feedback soon, I might be just taking two episodes at a time because I really like this show. What's going to happen with Whiteman? Uh, now that he's kind of made not an enemy, but put more suspicion on himself. No one's going to be not open ears to to hearing what they have to say in regards to his culpability. How the person on the phone is going to respond to that, I have no idea. But the dial tone certainly made it feel it wasn't like the last time where he was trying to ask her out like she wasn't 90 years old and the voice definitely sounded as if she was far more mature than uh than the chick he had his arm around at the bar Helen head and ash working together i think they'll get down to the mystery because they're two very capable compassionate let's just watch them fall in love that's really what we're interested in in that particular arc and then in the future We got some Terminator factions going on, and that's always fun. I gave this episode a 9.7 out of 10. If you want to send feedback on our third, at gmail.com. You can leave a comment below. My social media will be there as well. You know what to do. Like, share, subscribe. Until the next time, peace, hair grease, and blacker magic.